We have all had painful events in our lives that can lead to depression, anxiety, addiction, or broken relationships. But here's a secret. It is not about what happened to us that causes suffering. It's the stories we believe about ourselves. Join us as we shine light on how to rewrite our stories, avoid the shadows of shame, and travel along the pathway to joy, love, and connection. It's the Finding Peace Podcast with your host, Amazon best-selling author, Troy L. Love. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Finding Peace Podcast. Today, I am honored and excited to be able to have my friend Belinda Farrell meet with us and we're going to hear her amazing story in just a minute. Belinda is the author of the book, Find Your Frickin' Joy. She graduated with a bachelor's in Spanish and English from the University of California at Berkeley and is trained in hypnotherapy, past life regression, NLP, Hawaiian chanting, and ancient Hawaiian healing, Huna. Belinda trained with Anthony Robbins or Tony Robbins, as some of you may know. He's the author of several books, including Unlimited Power, and has effectively used these skills in her own life. And she's completed 18 firewalks, which I totally am going to want to talk to you about that because that freaking terrifies me. When Belinda was 48, she collapsed with herniated discs and spinal nerve damage, threatened with paralysis by her medical doctors. If she didn't have surgery, Belinda instead chose to apply the ancient Hawaiian healing practices she had been learning for the previous three years, which are covered in her book. Her back completely healed, including childhood scoliosis. And for 15 years now, she's been sharing these healing practices with others, offering reconnected healing and HUNA classes and taking clients to Hawaii to teach HUNA and swim with the wild spinner dolphins. I'm going to put the link to how you can find her in the show notes. But Belinda, I am so excited and and just love having you with us today. So thank you for being with us. Thank you. I feel like I'm right in your living room. So I'm just going to pretend that that's what's happening. Yeah, wonderful. Well, tell us your story. Oh, gosh. Well, I came into this world fighting and kicking and screaming because my parents, I guess, did not really want me to come at that time and took me to three abortion clinics to get me aborted. Mm. And I made it through. Wow. I didn't find that out until my back collapsed. And I found that there was a memory in there of a young fetus who had been just kind of tossed away. And my mother finally admitted that, um, you know, it was her first ex- sexual experience with this gentleman who was my biological father. And she wasn't ready for me, but I came anyway, and then they fought for me after that, and life took on a very greater meaning. I was raised in Catholic school. I was told I was too joyful by the nuns, and that I needed to suffer a little more. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, at eighth grade, I got expelled from Catholic school. Because you were too joyous? Well, I guess I was too interested in boys at the time as well. That was a no-no. But then went into a great, great high school and just blossomed and became student body vice president and a song girl and went on to Berkeley. And it was during the time of the free speech movement where people were fighting against 
Vietnam. And I was really confused at the time, but it was still an exciting moment. When I graduated from Berkeley, I went on to become a, what do you call me, press person for Senator Charles H. Percy of Illinois. I had had experience um, back in Los Angeles because after I graduated, I wanted to go on to the Pasadena Playhouse, but it closed much to my miss. And I had to find another job, and I went to Disneyland, and they made me Snow White. So I got I, to play Snow White. Oh, I get to meet a Disney princess. Beautiful. <laughs> In the 60s. And then after that, I started working for ABC, and that was exciting until I got called up to go to Washington, D.C., because the CIA had done a security clearance on me. And they were recruiting me to go to Spain because I spoke Spanish. So I got sent to Washington, D.C. for more clearance. had a top security clearance, but it just didn't work out. I didn't think that was a real good matchup, CIA and myself. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no friends, be a loner. No, that was not for me. Uh -huh. So I ended up working for Charles Percy of Illinois. And that was wonderful until the next election came. Anyway, I found my husband at that time. He came into the office. We got married six months later and went on to Los Angeles. We went to Puerto Rico. I got my teaching credential. It was an amazing time. Three years in Puerto Rico. And then I came back and taught school for a few years. And everything was great. I had two children, two wonderful children. But by the time I was 40, I was restless, and I, my spirit was being squashed. And so we did get a divorce after 18 years. And I went on to find Tony Robbins, of all people. And he was advertising these firewalks. And I thought, I've got to get rid of all my fears, because I had so much of it. It's always doing what other people wanted me to do during that time. So I did one fire walk and I didn't burn and it was really empowering. So I went on to study more with Tony and I ended up working with him for five years, being his stage manager, did mm -hmm. 18 fire walks, burned one time very severely. So do you literally walk on coals? You literally walk on 2000 degrees of hot coals. And what you do is you change your, your attitude, you change your body so that you are one with the fire. Because just imagine we're just a mass of earth, air, fire, and water. That's all we're composed of. So when you become one with the fire, you don't burn. And I learned that when I was studying the Hawaiian Huna. Huh. I realized that, oh my gosh, I'm one with this fire, so that's why I didn't burn. But then the one time that I was focused on my son, who was walking behind me. He was only nine years old. I took my attention off of me, and I burned. Wow. It was not fun. <laughs> not? Oh, that sounds really painful. Yeah, it was. But then the next year, I did a 50-foot fire walk in Maui. 
But that time I was just so focused and just had a wonderful partner that kept me really connected to what I was doing. And we walked 50 feet and then we walked onto the sand and into the ocean. It was beautiful. But then after 18 firewalks, the 18 years I was married, I was done. <laughs> you didn't need to do that anymore. No more. So I, I worked with Tony for five years, and he taught me the most wonderful mantra. If you can't, you must. And if you must, you will. And so I thought, gee, if I can walk on these 2,000 degrees of hot coals, what else would I like to do in my life that I've not done? And what came up for me is I wanted to drive a race car. And I thought, where'd that come from? <laughs> I can't drive a race car, but I must. So I had I called the racetrack that was nearby and found out that there was a Grand Prix road racing course. And I enrolled. I didn't even know how to drive a stick shift. Bob Bondurant School of High Performance Driving. I was scared to death, but for some reason I had some talent. So they said, and after the four days, they hired me to drive for Buick and Cadillac in New York. What? Stunt driving career took took flight. I was in my 40s. You were a stunt driver? Oh, yeah. my word. For eight years, more than eight years, and I, got a, I had a partner. We joined a racing team. We did car commercials. We did movies. We did everything just stretched across the country. It was the most fabulous time in my life. Really, it was. Wow. But then I collapsed with herniated discs. I was a junkie of adrenaline, and I didn't pay attention to what my body was saying. And I started to study hypnosis to find out what we're really saying to ourselves. And I literally listened and for all my life, I was saying, I can't be supported. Mm. And when you say stuff like that, your unconscious mind is listening to you. And it's actually doing what you're saying. So if I tell my spine, which supports me, that I can't be supported, it collapses. And that's what it did. I had nerve damage. The doctors told me that I would never walk again if I didn't have surgery. And my insurance was dropped because I couldn't do any more stunt jobs. I was modeling. I couldn't walk on the ramp. I was a mess. Mm. And I thought, okay, all these, for three years, I had been studying Huna, the ancient Hawaiian healing. And I thought, okay, I've got to see if this really works. So physician heal thyself. And I just concentrated on pulling up all the memories that were lodged in my lower back and resolving them. And within a few days, I was in bed for a month, but within a few days of doing really concentrated, loving myself, telling my back to regenerate, thanking it for regenerating, I walked out of the bed. I was completely healed. Even the scoliosis that I was born with was gone. Mm. The doctors were absolutely in doubt <laughs> and misbelief, but they had taken x-rays before and then they took x-rays afterwards and my spine was totally alive. It was amazing. I thought if I can heal myself like this, I have to teach other people. I have, there's nothing you can't do if you can heal yourself. 
so that that's pretty much it until it came to the part where my son was trying to heal his back and he decided to go through surgery because his father encouraged him to do the surgery. His father was an orthopedic surgeon. So he has Western medicine on one hand and me, me on the other hand. Uh-huh. And the surgeries didn't go so well. He was dependent on drugs. And then he took his life. Uh-huh. When he turned 30, he couldn't stand the pain anymore. And that was just a grief that I still go through. You just can't imagine the pain of losing a child. Uh-huh. And... Um, Right after that, I lost all my money in a Ponzi scheme. Oh, heavens. So talk about the carpet just being whoosh. Right. right So much loss. Yeah. And I I had learned how to do the self-forgiveness process, the lion, called Ho'oponopono. When I was doing that, I was cutting cords. I was freeing myself of the judgments and the perceptions that I had with all of this. But I was still in a lot of pain and grief. And my daughter invited me to come live with her, and I took care of our grandson. He was the one that saved my life because he was always joyful, this little two-year-old. You know, Mima, come play. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to be, I had to put on that happy face. And it was amazing. And then a friend of mine took me to a, to see a movie called The Living Matrix. It featured Eric Pearl and Dr. Bruce Lipton. And they talked about um, reconnective healing. And I saw Dr. Pearl, who would just not touch the client. He had a little boy there from Greece. And he had cerebral palsy. He couldn't even hold a cup in his hand. And he just started pulling these frequencies and stretching them and playing with them. And within three sessions, that little boy got out of his wheelchair and was out playing in the playground. And I just went, whoa, I've got to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. So I went and got my own reconnective healing. She didn't know a thing about me. She didn't know I had lost my son, nothing. And all my joy came back. The grief just came off, and the joy was there. I was just amazed. Mm. I had my reconnection done. I went to Chicago to learn how to do this. And then for 10 years, I have been doing reconnective healing until the pandemic. Because you have to be up close and personal with people. Mm. But it was a wonderful thing and got me out of the pain and then money was returned to me. Mm. It was amazing. The more you cut cords, the more you forgive yourself, things come back in a much higher level. And I learned I had to go to Hawaii to learn how to do the advanced hypnotherapy and hypnosis. And then the dolphins started coming into my dreams. They started teaching me how to swim. And I'd wake up and I'd want to go out and be with them, but then I'd have to go in the water. So I was deathly afraid of water. Mm. Never even told Tony Robbins that I was afraid of water. I was so embarrassed. Mm. But my desire to be with the dolphins was far greater than my fear of the water. 
So I finally got a friend to take me out there and they downloaded all kinds of information. I just lost my fear of the water and all I wanted to do was be in the ocean and take people to experience their unconditional love. So I did that for 20, 25 years. Wow. I haven't been back since the pandemic. How has the pandemic affected you? Well, I got married. Oh, okay. <laughs> this wonderful man who've been going together for seven years. And I think the pandemic made us closer and just, you know, just was wonderful. And we thought, okay, let's plan a wedding. So we planned it last year and got married in May. And it was wonderful. It was a sunny day. The CDC had said nobody needs to wear masks at this gathering, so we were free, and it was just spectacular. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. So out of junk comes wonderful stuff. <laughs> yeah, that is beautiful. You mentioned cutting cords a couple of times, um, and I, I, I know what you mean, but I'm wondering if you could say a little bit more about what that means and, and what that process maybe looks like. Some people may not be familiar with what you're talking about. The Hawaiians believe that everything that you touch, like I have a tikka cord, everything you touch forms an aka cord that connects you to the thing that you touch. And left unchecked, it can accumulate if you don't cut these cords. You begin to get burdened by all of this heaviness, mm. especially emotions. The Bible even talks about the webs we weave around ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's what that is. So the Hawaiians believe that you need to cut your cords every day. And you do that by saying, together with your, your higher self. I'm sorry, I love you, I forgive you, thank you. You're saying I forgive you to yourself. Mm. I'm sorry, I love you, I forgive you, thank you. Then you can take a cutting cord, cutting instrument and spin it around you and watch the person down below float away. Mm. I have a CD called Chant and Forgiveness. And the takes you through the entire forgiveness process, starting with your mother and father, making them very tiny, putting them down below you, and looking at them and noticing what connects you to them negatively. If it's all positive, then they won't stay on the stage. But if it's a negative chord, if you still doubt, if you still have something you need to tell them, then you keep them there, and then you add your ancestors and also family and friends and exes and all these people that you've been holding on to and talking back and forth to yourself inside. And what it's doing is destroying your organs. You want to cut the cords, you want to neutralize it so that it can go to a higher level and you and that person can resolve the issues at a higher level. And you'll feel just light you'll feel in the present time you'll feel free mm -hmm. i say that that mantra during the day if something comes up and i feel sad or i feel a little 
guilty or anxious, I'll just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. You don't even know. You don't have to know what it's about. You just know that you're sorry. Uh -huh. You forgive yourself and then it, boom, it's gone. And you're back to present time. Wow. It's a beautiful process. It works. It's simple, but it works. I started doing that in Hawaii when I first got there, and I was just amazed at how good I was feeling. Again, if you breathe a lot, take a deep, hot breath. And you do that hot breath for about 10 minutes straight, then more stuff will come up. You're giving permission for your unconscious mind to release some of these old memories that you had no closure on before, but that you can have closure on now. And so the more you take that deep breath, the more you're giving yourself and your unconscious permission to release them. Just get closure on it and then let it go. Hmm. It's okay. Yes, yeah, so a lot of people have a hard time letting it go. That's right. And then they get to keep it. Yes. <laughs> Even though it doesn't serve them at all. It doesn't serve them at all. It's like keeping pounds of ice cream in your back with potatoes, carrying that around with you, or wondering why this new relationship doesn't work because you haven't resolved the issues from the last one. Mm -hmm. I just figured out. I finally met the man of my dreams because I have done so much work on myself. Mm. And it's like a magnet. It just attracts. You attract what you have inside. That is so beautiful. And I'm so happy for you. Yeah, thank you. It can yeah. happen. I mean, I was almost 70 when I met him. 76 now. Wow. We still play tennis every week. That is so wonderful. And I beat him last week, first time. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about the regenerative. Is that what it's called, the regenerative process? Reconnective. Reconnective process, thank you. <clears throat> right. The band's name is Dr. Eric Pearl. And um, I don't follow it so much anymore, but it, again, it's an amazing connection. It's not a process. What you do is the client lies on a table. You don't touch him at all, but you get in touch with the frequencies that are around his body or his aura. And sometimes the furthest away you go, the higher the frequencies become. Hmm. It just changes the person. Like I, I will have somebody come in and say, you know, I've got a pain in my shoulder and trying to get rid of it. It doesn't target that. But then all of a sudden, they may find out that they're hearing better or their knees are working better. You mm. just don't know what you're going to get. Mm. Is it similar to Reiki? No. Reiki is more of an energy healing. Okay. It's not energy, it's frequencies. Frequency. So okay. you're dialing up these frequencies, and the healing just accelerates. 
Mm. And then there's a reconnection which is separate with that. And that one is very specific where you connect to these acupuncture points mm. and it accelerates you onto a higher soul level. Mm. So I had my reconnection done. It took two days, an hour each day. And then after that, it's as though somebody was talking to me. I could hear them saying, you're going to write a book. And before, I used to say, I'm not writing a book. I can't sit in front of a computer. I want to go out and play. And then I heard, you're going to write a book, and we're going to help you. And I went, okay. <laughs> okay, no problem. Just set me down. And then my manager, Jennifer, that you met, her fiancé, was a writer, still a writer, does all kinds of writing. He said, I'll help you organize your book. Mm -hmm. Give you something every week that you can answer. And if you can get me to understand what you're saying, then everybody can understand it. Because he didn't know anything about woo-woo stuff. <laughs> woo-woo stuff. Uh -huh. So that's, that's what happened. For three years, we worked together, and the book was born on the day that Earth was supposed to come to an end, 12, 21, 12. Mm. It went live. <laughs> I'm glad it did. Tell us more about the book. Well, it's Find Your Friggin' Joy. So it's all of the, the ways that I healed my back. It's got a lot of um, graphics. And it's, it's really geared towards a third and fourth grade level so you can understand how to do it, how to reach your higher self, how to clear the unconscious mind, the darkness of your soul. I call it the plaque of your soul. And it really kind of pushes somebody ahead to doing the work and taking the responsibility what they've done in their life because that really is the whole if you blame somebody else if you say it's his fault it's their fault and you don't take responsibility you're not going to be able to heal yeah it's a it's a concept that um i teach to my clients a lot of times that i i have this little drawing and at the bottom we're in the victim victim stancing or victim stage where we're recognizing yes bad things did really do happen to us and and recognizing and validating that it hurts but if we stay in that energy we will never progress and so as we move forward move up we evolve and we recognize well i've not only been a victim but i have victimized others i've hurt others i've caused pain to others but if we stay in that energy forever, then we just shame and awfulness. And so we, to me, that we transcend above that into a place of compassion and wanting to create light and hope and, and love for the world, recognizing that I couldn't have empathy if I didn't know what that pain felt like for myself Absolutely. and taking ownership for how I maybe have hurt others but now wanting to make the world a lighter more loving place and that's what i'm hearing your process has done for you and you're teaching other people how to do as well 
And you can't change what happens to you. It just happens to you. It's just what you do with what happens that makes the difference. Yeah. And when I lost my money, I dove right into selling everything I owned to get money so that I could move. And it's like, okay, I don't want to be a burden to my mm. family. I just want to be able to take care of myself. I can. Mm. And I did. And when you go through something like that or a health issue, you have to feel, wow, got through this. What is it? It doesn't kill you. It makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. true. And with Huna, you have to accept that you are totally at cause for everything that happens to you in your life. Mm-hmm. If you feel you're at cause, then you can't change it. So 100% responsibility and also leading a hurtless life. Mm-hmm. So that you wouldn't say anything to hurt yourself and you wouldn't hurt any, anybody else. Mm-hmm. And people hurt themselves all the time. They're saying horrible things to themselves. Horrible. Right. I used to have people come come to me with a sheet of paper of your self-talk. Tell me what you say to yourself. That was just hideous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just horrible. So why not say, thank you, I'm sorry. Just thank you, I'm sorry. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's the Ho'oponopono. It's beautiful. One of the things that I t- talk a lot about in the work I do is the shadows of shame. Um, it's those voices in our head that are brutal and and mean. And I've personified them a little bit, but the point of that is to help people like take those out and recognize that that isn't me. Those messages aren't me, those, those hurtful um, things that I've been thinking to myself, that's not who I am. I'm a being of light and love and um, that those messages Maybe we're there to try and protect me from pain, but they're not actually serving me at all. And I so I love that the I that's the compassion part of that of thank you and I forgive you and and that um is where we get grounded and are able to silence all that shadowy dark stuff and just embrace our light. If you can just put yourself down below with all of the verbiage or anything and just see that person down there and just breathe down on that person and then offer the forgiveness to yourself. Mm. I love you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. Thank you. And then spin a cutting instrument around you and then take your hand and then watch that person with all of that other stuff. Watch it just float away. Because we have a movie camera in our heads. Mm-hmm. We're seeing old pictures and old scenarios that don't serve us today. Mm-hmm. So the more that you can just take that, put it down there, splice it, you know, even take white out and white it out. Mm-hmm. But I love, thank you, I'm sorry. So beautiful. Thank you for spending time with me today. 
Oh, it was it went so fast. It was like two seconds. Yeah. Where can our listeners learn more about you and your book and and find out how to get access to the beautiful work you do? Well, I have a website called Huna Healing, H-U-N-A Healing.com. And there gives you my website. Well, that is my website, my email and telephone number. I can do phone sessions take people through the process of forgiveness with themselves. Mm -hmm. I do the ancient Hawaiian chants. So the ancient tonal patterns send darkness away quicker than English does. Mm -hmm. Scares them into going to the light. Mm. <laughs> you know, there's something to that. You know, all of those um, indigenous populations and their, their traditions, there's something to the work that they do. It's ancient. Mm -hmm. it's and then I also have three CDs. They're Hawaiian chanting CDs. One is chanting forgiveness, which I can pour on iTunes. And the MP3s are only on my, my website. Mm -hmm. I think Amazon sells the CDs, but not the MP3s. Well, I'm going to go get them because I need that. I'm always looking for more tools for healing and i love mm -hmm. what you taught today thank you <laughs> thank you it's been a beautiful experience having you with me i just love the energy and the the, the love that you're i can feel it all the way over here so <laughs> thank, thank you so much um and i'm hoping that our listeners will go find you well, I'm certainly transparent. <laughs> that is. Thank you. You too. You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If you loved the show or want to ask a question, let us know by going to troyllove.com. There, you can also learn about the Finding Peace five day challenge. Remember to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the next episode. And if you are listening on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating. It helps other people find this podcast more easily. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.